You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Well, hello, renovators. Today, we're going to be talking about joint ventures, and I have a couple of special guests. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about a special event we are running in the next week. It's called How to Adapt to a Changing Property Market. So there's a lot of doom and gloom around at the moment about the property market. So a lot of the forecasters are making some pretty spectacular predictions about what's going to happen. And basically, what I want to talk about is the silver lining. Now, we have renovators in our community that are really responding creatively to the current situation. And I have to tell you that renovating is the silver lining in terms of being able to, you know, make progress at a time when everyone else is standing still and treading water. So... Basically, this is an event to, I guess, help you make sense of what all the commentary is about in the media and to give you some practical ways to, one, decipher it and, two, to be able to make progress when you're feeling like the world is coming down around you. So, yes, we're talking about the silver lining So the other thing is we are about to launch our online bootcamp, first fully online bootcamp, and I'm offering some great benefits for people that want to come and participate in the bootcamp in the first run. So online programs have notoriously poorly completed. People tend not to complete them. You can't have that when you're talking property and renovating because the stakes are high and I want to make sure that what we do is effective and that you get the skills that you need to move forward safely and profitably. So if you would like to be able to be profitable and effective in these strange times, then come along and have a listen to what we've got to add to the conversation. I know that you'll get great value out of it. So just go to the URL www.theschoolofrenovating.com forward slash change and you can register there. Okay, so in this session, I have invited my a regular co-host, Joe Vidello, and also the founder of a company called My Property Circles, Nicola Mills. Now, this is the brainchild of Nicola's, and it's an amazing concept, and I'm excited about it because it solves a quite a big problem for me. So basically what they do is facilitate joint ventures. So what that means, well, particularly for me, because I do find all the compliance and the setup, the legal structures and so on, quite a headache to have to deal with and also quite expensive. And so Nicola's got that down to a fine art. So basically 
That means that if you're wanting to do a joint venture, a property joint venture, then you need to listen to this because it's really an awesome company and product. And of course, it's going to become more amazing because I am uh, going to be adding renovation to the mix. Up until this point, they've not had renovating. And so I'm certainly going to be setting up some property circles with my community just because it's fun and I think it's quite an easy way to do a joint venture and very safe. Now, Nicola and Joe are going to be sharing with you basically how my property circles works, how the structures are set up legally, the cost, and lots of other information about how they work. So if joint ventures are on your agenda, stay tuned. So today I have Nicola Mills and Joe Vidello, so Joe, our occasional host, to, or co-host, to come and talk about a really exciting business. And the business is called Property Circles. And it's pretty, so basically I would call it facilitated JVs in property. Um, the, well, that's my understanding of it. But my understanding is quite blurred. And so I've asked uh, Nicola and Joe to come on to really get into the nitty gritty of what it's about and what it makes available, particularly for women. And so welcome to you both. And I'm just wondering if we could kick off maybe with you, Nicola, because you are the, um, this is your baby initially and your idea. And so just if you'd like to, I guess, tell us a bit about, about it and what your role is in the organisation at the moment. Yeah, so let me, um, let me go back, a, back to where it all began, I suppose, and um, how my property circles started. And it really started um, many years ago when I did a plan on how I was, where I wanted to retire in my life and how much money I needed to retire. And it's a great thing to do. And you kind of work backwards from there. And I figured that I needed, you know, X amount of money to pay for my, and you've got a dream, right? You put the dream goals in here, my international flights, business class, of course, could even go for first. Um, I wanted to do my hair and my nails and I wanted this and these all, and, you know, domestic travel and these holidays. And I put all that in and I put a number down the bottom and I nearly fell off my chair because it was a lot of money without working. Um, so then I kind of worked backwards from there. I thought, well, how can I get this much money every year without working? Um, and how do I do that? And I kind of looked at all these. And, I, you know, I was in, I'm in business and I have different businesses. But the safest, surest way there over time was property. Anyway, so I worked back how many properties I would need to have to, to earn all this cash I needed. Um, and it came to that figure worked it back and I basically needed to buy a property a year <laughs> at that point or or cut down on international flights. So again, stick with your stick with your big goals. Um, so anyway, it came back to the, the point I was and I thought, well I need to buy a property this year. I mean I need to get started. But I didn't have the big deposit at that point. So again, how do I get around that? So I called up a couple of friends and said, Hey, do you want to come and start buying some properties with me and we can buy properties over 10 years and 
and buy a property a year and we'll share the cost of doing that and we'll have X number of properties and then at the end we can sell them out and keep all the money. Um, now, my property circles, we don't do that for 10 years now. We, we kind of got it five years and decide to go on. But anyway, that was my 10-year plan. Um, so we did. So we, uh, we worked out how much money we needed and we, you know, how much have you got and how much have you got and how much have you got. And we all put it in a pool um, and went to the bank and said, look at our money and can we have a loan and this is the property we want to buy. And the bank said yes. Um, the key to it, though, I went to a really good a lawyer at the time who was almost half an accountant and she worked out a really good structure for us and my friends. And mainly it was to protect us from each other. Um, and I, I had actually been through a divorce at that point. So she was, she was almost protecting them from me, I suppose, <laughs> another one. Um, but it, it, so the, she set it up so that other people's problems didn't become my problems or their problems didn't become, you know, my problems. So away we went. So we bought our first property. We call it the shack. You know, it wasn't worth a lot. Um, and, and then we just steadily bought a property every year after that. So that's basically how it works. You kind of come together, you share your money. can be different amounts of money. doesn't matter. Some people have more than others at the time. Um, and you, we started a, like a unit trust and we all got our shares and that. And yeah, so that first circle I started and we're about to buy a sixth property in that. But I've since started other property circles with other groups and other friends. So I'm well on the way to meeting those goals now that I set all those years ago. That's awesome. Beautiful. And so, so your role in the company now is of founder and... Yeah, so I just really go out now and talk to people about it. How is, and I just use my own experience. And my experience is different. For, I use my... Um, Part of that accountant I went when I spoke to, um, they put me into a self-managed super fund. So I used the funds from my super. And that was even better because that didn't come out of my day-to-day -day savings. It was money that I could access, which I wouldn't normally have. Um, so that's worked really, really well for me. Um, so I talk to people about that. You need to go and talk to your accountant. Obviously, I'm not a financial advisor. I only talk about my own personal situation. Um, and then we've had other people who put cash in and the key difference has been, um, and, and, you know, I've got a couple of friends in there who put cash and they're laughing at me now because when we come out, you know, they're going to get this nice big fat check and they'll go on, on a holiday. Well, when we get out of COVID, they can go on a holiday. Um, <laughs> they can go on a holiday and do all this stuff and I have to put my big fat check back into my super fund. But that's okay. I mean, the whole idea, it was a long-term uh, plan anyway. So that works and it kind of gives me four savings and makes sure I don't spend it before I should. So Everyone has different um, ways of dealing with it. So now I just really um, talk to people about it and how it worked for me um, and how they can do it too. And, uh, and I have another passion that I'm working on, uh, which is Bricks for Chicks, which I can talk to now or we can come back to it. We might, we might, I've definitely got that on the agenda, but we might just swing over to Jo and get her um, where she's at first and then we'll start getting into you know, some of the workings of it because I think people are going to be really interested because one of the most common questions that I get is around joint ventures. Mm. And I really love that you have, um, I guess, smoothed out the way in some ways for people to do it. And I do want to ask a bit more about that as once we get into it. 
But next to you, Joe. So how how did you get involved with uh, my property circles, and what's your role? I actually um, happened across um, a, a call out for a board as a, as a board to be a board member of my property circles. Um, and it was my Property Circles Bricks for Chicks program, which I know Nicola will disclose a little bit more about how that operates. And it just like spoke to me <laughs> because like yourself, people are very, very interested in getting to joint venture scenarios. I know a number of people who've come up with these fantastic property deals and opportunities, but not been in the position to complete that sale. So it's, it's such an amazing program for people to go forward in their property plans and build their portfolio and see out their dreams. So they've got a very good percentage of something, maybe not a hundred percent, but geez, it's better than having hundred percent of nothing. So um, I was really interested, um, you know, I met with Nicola and um, I recognized that we're so congruent in our views and, and our um, motivation behind this um, to see to it that we're not only just helping people grow their net worth and doing it in this this format, but we're also being able to have that, um, I guess, le- a bit of a legacy there to be able to assist people in that Bricks for Chicks program as well. So as a board member and, and, and also because obviously as a director of Property Women, I'm involved with so many um, women who are um, completely passionate about property but very, a lot of them do come from the, um, a situation where their income has been subsidised. Oh, sorry, it, it's obviously they're part-time employees. They've been looking after elderly parents or they've been the primary caregiver in, in the home and therefore their income isn't what it needs to be for them to start to build their portfolio. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so, um, so you're actually on the board? I am. Very proud to be too because it really is something I see as... Um, a beautiful synergy with what I do in terms of assisting people with finding really good sound investment properties, um, but also being able to see people grow their personal wealth through property as well. Okay. And so your role also is sourcing properties. That's right. Correct. So yeah, where, where, where it's needed in a property circle to have that um, expert on the team. Yeah. Um, my company will be the people that will stand up and, and go and make sure that their property ticks all the boxes when it comes to a really good sound investment and um, provide good yield but also strong growth as well. Beautiful, beautiful. And I can't wait until we add renovating to the mix. Yes. <laughs> I've got it. Renovation circles, here they come. Yeah. So, Nicola, um. Let's say that I want to come into my property circles. I've got a little bit of money and I'm going to, I'm wanting to invest it, but I don't quite have enough money to, um, to put together. Let's say I've got um, 20,000. Is that enough? Yeah, no, 20,000 is definitely enough. And um, I'll go back to, you know, my original circle everyone had different amounts that they could put in. Some people can put in 40, 50, 60,000 and some people can only put in 10 or 20,000. So you've just got to get to, I mean, currently, you know, for a startup circle, I'm not talking about a renovation circle, but for a startup circle, we we, we have $160,000 there. That pays for your deposit, your first year of working cap in a circle and just making sure that the circle is nice and safe. Um, and then you just kind of split that up amongst um, everybody if you don't, and I will talk about the Bricks for Chicks program here. Um, if you don't, if you only have like four, four, four or five thousand dollars, 
the Bricks for Chicks program um, will do dollar for dollar match funding. So if you can only put down $5,000, we'll put down another $5,000. And we do that up to 10, or, or sorry, we double that. So if you can put down $10,000, we'll put in another 10, and that gives you $20,000 to go into a property circle. That gives you a good chunk of the circle. Um, so, and then you don't have to pay that $10,000 back until the properties are sold in five years. So um, there is there is interest on it. It's very low interest. The Bricks for Chicks program is all about helping women. And can if I'd like to go back and get a little bit of background on that, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that that really came about. I, you know, I was a few years into my original property circle, and I, and I had some friends over the years saying, "Oh, can we come into your circle? It looks like it's going great." I'm saying, "Oh, we're kind of happy, but I'll start another one with you." Um, and I'm quite interested in lifestyle circles or renovation circles. I haven't really had an expert in the renovation circles yet until Bernadette, you came along. So I'm very excited about us kicking off those renovation circles. But I had a friend whose husband died um, unexpectedly, left her with two girls under 10. Um, so her life changed dramatically. And uh, she had a, yeah, I think the, the girls were nine and seven at the time. So I was working with her a lot around, well, First, the grief, and then secondly, I said to her one day, hey, we were talking about money and, and wealth, and I said, why don't you come into a property circle um, with me and we can start building some wealth up for either you or for the girls so that at the end of five years, ten years, you've got a deposit for them each or, you know, you, you're well on the way to feeling safer about your situation. Um, because at that time, the banks won't lend to her. You know, she's working part-time. She's got two dependents. The banks won't lend to her. And I said, oh, you could use a self-managed super fund. And anyway, she came back to me a couple of days later and said, Nick, I can't do it because, well, one, I don't have a self-managed super fund and I don't have enough money in it because I haven't worked enough. And secondly, I don't have the savings and, you know, and, I, and I'm worried about, you know, where I'm going. So I then went away for a couple of days and thought, well, how can I help her? What can I do here? And in that time that I was thinking about that, I really had a good look around at some of my other friends and there are so many women in that situation who I call it the four D's death divorce domestic violence and see, what's the fourth one drinking mm -hmm. no we're uh, not drinking <laughs> <laughs> on the back of COVID we've got five D's now disease disease so mm -hmm. that um it's just life life has just given them a curveball and it's often through no fault of their own and they're stuck. And if they're stuck, their kids are stuck. So how do you get out of the situation? So that's where Bricks for Chicks was born, where we do this dollar for dollar match funding. I called um, Holly back and said, you know, what can you do? She said, I can do about four or $5,000 that I would feel comfortable with. And I said, okay, well, we'll give you the other four or 5,000 you're in. And now she's on her way and she owns now a piece of something. And she knows now that her wealth is starting to build and she's not stuck. Um, so I'm really, really proud of the Bricks for Chicks um, program. It's something we really want to develop and help more women with. And it's not for, it's for any woman. It's not just, you don't, in your mind, think, oh, it's only for women who don't have money. That's not true. It's actually for any woman who's just in a situation in her life right now and she just needs help. And there's probably a lot more women who've maybe just been made redundant or lost jobs at this current point, and we can help them. It doesn't mean that you should stop, you know, building that wealth or even it's little small steps. It's something. Awesome. So that's that's the Bricks for Chicks program. That's great. Really great. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's an amazing program because it also gives women that opportunity to build their confidence up after a situation like they've been made redundant or that they are find themselves, you know, all of a sudden single in their late 40s and they've got two dependents still at home and it just gets them, I don't know, back to feeling good about themselves and a mother with a strong self-esteem. Obviously, that, you know, the benefits of that is, is huge, especially in the home. So I, yeah, I, one, I, one of the other... Um, one of the other women that we're helping, she, I mean, she went to a private school. She came from a good family. She's got a really good job, um, you know, earning a good wage. But her dad got cancer and now she supports the family. So wow. it can come from anywhere, right? So she's entered the Bricks of Chicks program. She's getting help. And when things, you know, improve in her life, she might then put extra money in or do different things. But at least she can keep moving and, and working to it, towards her goals. Um yeah, so we're really we're really proud of it, aren't we, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's it just sounds perfect, like really. And I think the thing that I think that's great about um, property is that it's it's an interest and it's something to um, sort of monitor. And it's so like I, I know, and I'm sure you do too, a lot of women with a, an addiction to the real estate pages, uh, but often don't actually own any property themselves. So actually being able to get in there on the, on the court is amazing. So well done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, and I thought I would, you know, go in with my friends and we'd build these properties together and then I, we would sell out and then I'd use that money. But I'm actually going into more circles, um, with more friends and doing it that way because the more you do it with others, the more you can buy, the more, you kind of multiplies and compounds and just gets bigger. So, um, yeah, I'm, well, I'm addicted myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, so we've done a, quite a few joint ventures and basically how we've set them up is that we have, um, we have had one party get the, the loan and the other party or parties put in the cash. And we've separated them with legal structures. Um, But so with yours, when you're doing it as a unit trust, how do you deal with the the getting of the finance? Yeah, look, you can do it still a number of ways. I think the key thing that you said there, Bernadette, is the legal structure. So the core of everything is there's a couple of things we do with my property circles one make sure you're protected from each other I mean you're going in it together but making sure that um, you're protected from each other and transparency which is everybody can see what's happening on the financials and everything we're doing and that's why we're building a platform it's not up yet but um, everyone will be able to go on see their properties online what's happening online where the finances are so transparency is really important but the key to is those very words legal structure so um, and look, finance has been the last 12 months, Royal Banking Commissions, mortgage brokers are being put under pressure. There's a, so many regulations and banks are jumping around and changing policies. And now they've obviously they've had a bit of a scare with um, what's happening with the COVID-19. So we just got to move uh, with them and what they need. Um, but we always make sure there's this really strong uh, legal structure in place. Mm, mm. And so... When we set up um, joint ventures, the person who who is responsible for the loan, whose details go on the um, on the balance sheet, that is their contribution to the joint venture. I, I gather that yours is different. Do they still 
put no we can do the same so you can come on to um into a property circle as a director and we actually pay some we pay directors um per annum to be a director because you are taking more risk yeah. um it is your name um so you get you get paid so in our original property circle and i think the current directors they they only get about a thousand bucks per annum um, at the moment, we're looking to pay our directors currently two and a half to five thousand dollars per annum. They get that in unit, so they get extra part. But if you're willing to step up and be a director, um, look, it's fairly low risk. It's in property. Um, we don't do any mortgages that are above that eighty twenty uh, leverage, so it's always twenty percent deposit. We're not taking any risks with hundred percent loans or anything like that. So. The key to us is keeping it safe, keeping it safe for you and keeping it safe for others. So a minimum 20% deposit, you go on as a director. Uh, the risk is low, but you should still get something for putting your putting your name forward. So, you know, we, we pay between two and a half to $5,000 per annum for a director to step up. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm asking these questions specifically because I've got a group that are warming up to, um, yeah, putting a circle together. Um, and that's quite a common scenario where you'll have someone who's got a great income but, you know, through no fault of their own, for some reason doesn't have the available cash to contribute but they can get a decent loan. And then on the other hand, we've got people that have got quite a decent amount of cash but aren't working enough to, be, to have that serviceability to be able to get the loan. Yeah, that's right. And that's, again, working together to find who's got what and how you kind of come together. And we had one um, one of my friends, after we bought that shack, uh, she actually lost her job and she couldn't put any money in for the next uh, two or three properties. And so she kind of sat there. Her percentage of the, the circle came down, but she came along with the journey. And then in the last couple of years, her, her life has changed. She's getting really good income and she's poured a bit more back in and she's building that back up again. So... The key there is also flexibility. I mean, in the property circles, there's kind of an expectation that you will put money in each year to buy the next property, but it's not an obligation. Mm. No one's there to tr make you do it or force you. And, it, and if everybody can't put money in that year, that's okay. You just don't buy a property that year. Yeah, yeah. You know, no stress. Just don't buy a property that year. No one's gone backwards. You've still got the property you bought the year before. That's still, you know, um, doing well for you. So... It's it's an ex you go in with an expectation, but it's it's okay if it doesn't work out. It's okay. Beautiful, and um, yes, the other thing that we uh, I have tried to well have sort of covered off pretty well is um, all those things: the death, the divorce, the because if if that does happen, but I'm guessing the unit trust takes care of that. Is that how you? Yeah. So, uh, so the so what people used to do is all put their names on the mortgage or on the property, and then if someone went through, let's say, a divorce, then their partner could attack that property and put a caveat on or do whatever, be a bit silly. Um, but if it's in a unit trust, the property can't be trusted. The property is owned by the unit trust. They could put a caveat on your units, as in, and when I say units, I mean shares. Don't get confused with apartments. They can put a caveat on your shares, but that's okay. The properties are safe. You don't have to sell the properties. Nothing's been done. Those properties stay nice and safe and then they can battle it out about those shares, right? And that's fine. They can battle away about those. But you're not having anything done to those properties so the properties keep getting their income, getting their rent, paying the bills. 
um, and there's nothing hanging over the head. The banks don't get scared because someone hasn't come put a caveat over the security. You know, the banks have have the security, and they battle it out in those shares. Um, and then it's the the person who's in there can either sell their shares to the other people in the circle, get the cash out, and um, give it to their partner, or they can sell it to someone else, or whatever it might be. So that structure has really stood the test of time. The, the things that we've changed, um, where we have made mistakes, and that's why Joe is sitting here today, is that we didn't have a property buyer. Yeah. Um, and so four of our properties are doing, in that original circle, are doing great guns, and we've got one that, honestly, it barks at me every... <laughs> <laughs> And if I had had Joe on board, we wouldn't have bought that fifth one. But because we have four others that are doing so well, it kind of doesn't really matter. They make up the difference. But if I'd bought that, that one on my own and it's the only property I had, that would be a massive problem for me. But because I've got it in, you know, it's one of five and the other four are doing well, um, the risk is much lower and we're much happier. And the other key thing, someone was asking me about this today, is because um, we're starting my property circles in New Zealand as well. I said, you know, that you know, people are not paying their rent. And I said, look, if there's a $10,000 problem and there's five of you in there, it now becomes a $2,000 problem. And dealing with a $2,000 problem is a lot easier than dealing with a $10,000 problem. So actually through the this um, COVID-19 chaos, it's actually, it's been good for us. You know, if I, I was doing it on my own, it would be put a lot more pressure on me. Doing it with others, we're all sharing it, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, Joe, what sort of properties are you buying? So, the, what the, what we've been working on predominantly is, um, you know, sort of that startup circle where it's somebody who's got a, or well, the circle budget's sort of between say high fours or early six hundreds. So they're just good um, residential um, properties that have got a strong yield, which is quite important, um, but also they are going to be delivering growth in the long term as well. And we're sort of sticking to that investor um, formula where it's in capital cities or major regional hubs where employment and growth is flush and it's all it just ticks all those right boxes. Um, so we've been really looking at properties that are just going to be nice sort of set and forget buy and hold formulas. Um, where this will work fantastically for renovation circles because you're assigned a circle manager as well. So if you did have a group of people that were coming together, there's a way that funds could be structured so there's a kitty that you can draw on for that renovation and things like that. So it's a really good way to be getting the circle as a group and make sure the property that you are buying, what what does it look like for your um, renovation budget? What's the budget for the property that we're securing? Um, perhaps somebody has already got a house in mind, in which case perhaps that, you know, my role is not necessarily needed in that formula, but the formula of the structure being brought together and being managed by my property circles is there for you as well. And what that means is that, you know, in terms of financing and, and legalities and, and getting that, that money in, it kind of removes everybody from being actively involved because you've got a third party circle manager um, helping you. And that's one of the most difficult things with joint ventures. You know, it can be that, you know, like Bob hasn't tipped in his 20K yet and he said he's going to do it last Monday. You know, it's one of those scenarios that you're not chasing. We are, we're, we're bringing this together on your behalf and um, the business, it's sort of taking your, 
it's removing a bit of the emotion from when you're doing business yeah. with others as well. Absolutely. I have to say, um, so one of the things that I find with renovation joint ventures is that it is actually quite an emotional roller coaster. And because there's so basically we split the jobs and there'll be someone on site, there'll be someone off site, and the off site person's doing all the off site work, and the on site person is doing all the on site work. And there's this thing, so basically, because we try and split the roles fairly evenly, so it works with everyone's personal situation, and they're not having to pay someone to do those jobs. Yeah. And I do find that creates that there's some management to that. Uh, like, yeah. So it will be interesting to see how adding renovation to my property circles, how that will evolve. I'm, I'm really, um, yeah, quite curious about it. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I'm excited about it. I think, yeah, renovation circles, there's a lot of people with a lot of interest yeah. doing it. They just need some guidance along the way. I mean, I, I know a lot about startup circles and obviously I know a lot about the structure, so I'm very, very comfortable with that. Yeah. But actually, personally, I've never done a renovation myself. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to change that, Nicola. He's going to get tied in now, Nicola. I've had um, is up. So basically, because this is my business, if I go into a joint venture, I have all the risk. And my husband is not happy with that. And so he's basically said no more joint ventures because he, you know, doesn't want to be that exposed. Um, so I quite like the idea. So how do you manage the risk? Well, again, like I said, um, we, we don't overcommit on anything. We always make sure there's working capital in the, in the circle, that you get all of that up front. Yeah. Uh, we make sure that everyone's very clear on the mandate of the circle. What are we trying to achieve here? Um, how much will that cost? What have we got to do? So everyone goes in very sure from the beginning what we're all doing. Um, I can't talk to the risk of um, renovations. Again, that's not my expertise. But from a property circle point of view, um, we, like I said, we've had people in our circle have lost their jobs um, or haven't been able to put money in. Uh, we had a tenant who had a mental health issue. We gave them three months free rent during that time. Um, we've had, you know, one of those properties that has, you know, maybe broken even that hasn't done great, but it's been fine because, well, we had, we, we had to replace a kitchen once and a deck and it was in the shack. And I'll go back to that $10,000 problem. If there's five of you it becomes a $2,000 problem or if there's six of you it becomes a $1,600 problem and you can hold on to the property as long as you don't have to emergency sell. Um, and it, it and you don't have to emergency sell if there's four, five, or six of you because there'll, there'll be someone in the circle who'll be able to support it through. The benefit for them is they get more share, um, so they're willing to do it. I mean, we had something last year, and we did a call out to our property circle, and they were throwing the money at us because it meant they got a bigger share of the circle, yeah. right? And when you've got five or six properties, everyone's like, oh, I want, you know, I want a bigger piece of this. So, um I can't talk to renovations. I mean, you will probably talk more to the risk of renovating something or not, but that's where we like our experts. That's why we do have Jo. She's my property buying expert. Um, we've got the accountants, the legals, you know, mortgage brokers. We put a lot of experts around these circles to make sure they're safe. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So the other thing that I wanted to ask you, so let's say where I'm in my property circle now, what is my input into the, into, let's say it's just, a, I, it's not a renovation circle, it's just a straight property circle. What's my input on a monthly basis, say? So we have a circle manager who does most of the work. So they make sure your book, bookkeeping's done, your accounting's done, that your legal's up to date, that your annual statutory requirements are all done. So the circle manager does most of that work. The circle itself pays um, at this point $1,500 per property per annum for that management of that circle. Um, we, you know, they pay bills up to or authorised to pay bills up to $500 or the circle can lift that up as they, as they go. So the circle manager does most of the work. And then your input really is, Joe turns up with three or four or five properties and says, which one do you want? And you vote. Yeah. And you agree to do that. Or it might be if you decide at some point, which we are with one of our properties, um, we're going to knock it down and put in a development. You all agree on, do we want to spend more money on it? Um, is this what we want to do or do you want to hold? So you make, you have... Um, at least an annual meeting to discuss the where are we going, what are we doing. Our circles, obviously, uh, most property circles run for five years. Ours is past that. Um, so we just catch up every year and say, do we want to keep going? Are we happy? Everyone says, yes, we keep going. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we try and keep it as easy and uh, as frictionless and seamless as possible. But at the end of the day, it's still your circle and your property, so you make the final decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing you probably like, Bernadette, is that um, when you make that, just talking about your standard property circle mm -hmm. and your contribution, just say it's 25000 mm -hmm. That's that's it to get you into the property. I mean, within that is the all the due costs when it comes to property buying, you know, so your stamp duty, your conveyancing fees, um, property buyer if, you, if it's sourced, the accountant, et cetera. So all of that's brought, that's all underneath that umbrella. So there's none of that. Now we all need to chip in four hundred dollars each, or you know. So it's it's just makes it a little bit cleaner, yeah. and it's a lot easier when there is a group buying scenario, so that it's done. And the properties we're sourcing um, have well so far been so that five percent yield, and then plus up to seven percent is one of the circles that we're working on at the moment, which means you know we've already got the twenty percent deposit. Um, we're getting with equities almost even in the deal already. So there's unless you have got a scenario where you know a kitchen does need replacing, and let's be honest, homes need ongoing maintenance requirements and everything. But as Nicholas said, that's a fee divided by ownership. And as those circles and the years go on, you're going to see that there is that pot, that kitty there underneath to buffer it up so you won't be getting that you know those sorts of um requirements for costs very frequently at all it's amazing the other thing too with the unit trust is you do get paid dividends each year too so oh. uh, yeah you get paid out each year a bit of um, whatever profit you've made in the circle and um i mean our original circle we we have just reinvested that back into buy more properties um yeah but it does pay out a dividend each year if you've made a profit so can you um can can the circle borrow against the equity in the existing property? Yes, and uh, so we buy a third property. We're using the equity in the first two properties. Wow! So, and even if you've bought it with self-managed super fund money, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my our third property cost me ten thousand dollars that year to buy a third property. I was very happy with that. 
but we use an offset account. We do principal and interest. We knock that, you know, a lot of our mortgages, we've knocked nine, ten years off the mortgage. So we had built up quite a bit of equity. So that, that third property was a lot easier to buy and a lot cheaper. Wow, that's great. And I guess where I'm seeing um, an application for, um, I guess, renovating and Joe's expertise is maybe getting that equity up earlier, like buying something where you have the potential to, you know, like that project we did in Brisbane last year, to if you were to renovate that property and sell it off and build a pair of a duplex or something. Yeah. Um, I think that um, then, you know, there's definitely an argument for, for growing it quicker. Yeah. And, of course, if you buy something that over time you can... I think I was talking to you about this, um, Nicola, was something that's got great value and and could do with a renovation prior to selling it, maybe that last, that fifth project? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, So we we talk about getting four properties in five years. So by the time you buy that fourth property, you're only going to hang on to it for maybe a year. So you really need to factor in you've got to get your stamp duty back and all the costs. That's a perfect one for finding something that you can renovate or do something with so you build the value on it and then you can sell out with it when you sell out the group. That, that Definitely that fourth one, you definitely do that with. But look, if you're doing a renovation circle and your mandate is to keep doing that with each property, you might not buy a property every year. Every year. You might buy it every couple of years. But the group decides on that up front. What are we trying to achieve? How much do we want out of each property? How much are we all willing to put in? kind of each year to make that happen so i mean you can move it make it flexible for you yeah yeah awesome so are there any questions i should have asked you i think we've talked about top of my head i think we've covered um bases really thoroughly but you know i think it's really important if this is of interest to somebody and i'm wondering how it might um uh, or certainly suit what their plans are Oh, and but you know that's something that they can reach out to my property circles and you know contact contact our office, set up a or schedule in a time. Um, you know Nicola or one of, another person in the team can actually speak about what what we can do, how we can do it, how to move forward. Um, look, sometimes there's scenarios where they already have the house in mind. You know sometimes it is I've just been paid out or I've got my hands on you know an inheritance. You know what can I do to make this work? I want to own fifty percent of a house. So there's a lot of different formulas. So maybe it's really, you know, I guess um, imperative that they actually have a conversation about their own personal journey and how to move forward. And that could, could be by talking to someone directly in my property circles team. Definitely. So in the show notes, I'll be putting in the details of my property circles. And so is it best if people email or ring you? Probably register or log in, go to the website or Facebook or uh maybe email we'll see the details yeah yeah Yeah, they put that in the show notes and i know someone will definitely reach out and then schedule in a a one-on-one call just to see you know what what it what it looks like what are the next steps and you know i'm sure we've probably raised some questions here that you know that might be you know personally aligned in which case yeah we can answer those for them i've got one more question i've got two Uh, so have you ever had a circle go pear-shaped no right again goes back to we're not interested in doing these 100 percent loans 
it's a minimum 20% deposit. Uh, we use the experts like Joe, property buyer. We're not, we're not doing things that are risky. You're in it for the long term. We're keeping everybody safe and from each other. Um, you're in it together, but we keep you safe within that. Um, so no, it, it's all been fine. Yeah, I have I have two questions that people ask me regularly, and probably Joe, which is, can I live in one of the properties? Um, and the answer to that is yes. If you want to become a tenant in one of the properties, then as long as you pay market value rent, of course. And now you're putting rent towards something that you partly own, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the other one is, will it affect my first homeowner's grant? And the answer is no, it won't affect your first homeowner's grant because the trust is actually buying, uh, it's taking out the mortgage, not you personally. Um, and we've had this checked. So you don't lose your first homeowner's grant. So if you go and decide to buy a property, say you could buy five or six properties in my property circles, you can still go out and get the first homeowner's grant if you decide to go and buy a property on your own. It doesn't affect your first homeowner's grant. That's amazing. Hmm. Great. Well, listen, it certainly answered a lot of questions that I, I had racing around in my mind, and I'm sure it's also raised more questions for people listening. So, as I said, I'll include your details in the show notes, and I'm sure that you will be um, contacted by some interested parties, which is so exciting. And also the Bricks for Chicks program too is just yeah, it's a real credit to you. It's, um, it's very clear that you are committed to supporting women, um, you know, in their financial journey. And, yeah, thank you. Excellent. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I'm really excited about what Nicola has put together and... I know that it's going to make a huge difference to me in how I run my joint ventures. And yeah, so if you want to have a conversation about it, just come over to our free Facebook group, She Renovates, and I'd love to chat more about it with you. If you're enjoying this podcast and you would like to make a contribution to our success, I'd love it if you go over and leave a review in iTunes. I read them all and it just puts wind under my wings. So thank you. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.